quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. I'm your host, Christopher D. Littlefield, and with me today, reunited, is Amy Nelson, co-host of Galaxy Class, All Good Things, and the Union Federation podcast. Amy, what's up? Well, hello. It's been (laughs) so long. I am so glad that you invited me. Thank you so much, Chris. I love you, and you're just doing so awesome. I'm actually a little nervous (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) You said that the last time. I don't believe it. I know. I just, you're doing such good things and the relationships that you build with the listeners, just truly amazing. And you're so open and easy to talk to. So it's, it's great. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks for coming on today. It's so good to see you. Yes, you too. So I originally asked you to come on the show for episode nine, and then I changed my mind and asked you to come on for the season finale. Which I am so glad. (laughs) And the reason why is that, so listeners, we record on Saturday night, so it's October 10th right now, and Amy doesn't know this, but October 9th, which was yesterday, was the one-year anniversary of when you and I recorded our first postcards for Short Trek Season 2, which was when you passed the torch to me for doing that show on Trek FM. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I it's been a year and a day. No, it had been our year anniversary. Wow. Yeah. See why I'm nervous? Like, you're the big <laughs> wig now. <laughs> oh, please. Whatever. Well, today we're reading and discussing your comments on No Small Parts, the Season 1 finale of Star Trek Lower Decks. Open Channel is dedicated to facilitating the fan conversation about every single brand new Trek episode as it drops and other topics we decide to talk about along the way. To join the conversation on Facebook, type the Nexus into the search field and join Holosuite Media's listeners group. Follow us on Twitter at Open Channel Trek. I'll post an Open Channel conversation thread when each new episode drops. Leave your comments, questions, concerns, and theories, and they just might get read on the air. Keep in mind that comments might be edited for time. Amy, ready to go? I am super ready. I thought that you wanted me on here because I thought you might have had a little inside knowledge about Troy showing up on this episode. I didn't know. I had no (laughs) idea. It just worked out well. It did. Listeners, if you're not familiar, Troy's my absolute favorite. So it worked out good. Yeah, totally. Well, we have Liam Smart on Twitter says, by far the best Trek episode so far this year. Perfect amount of legacy characters, i.e. not too much. The fucking Packlets, Peanut Hamper, A Hard Ransom, and just so much fun. <laughs> fucking Packlets. Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> I-, I swear. I don't, okay. I don't censor it anymore. Nah. <laughs> Fuck <right>. it. <laughs> no one's complained yet. Okay, good. <laughs> And you know Liam. I do. Hi, Liam. <laughs> Oz Trekkie says, what an awesome end to the season. So much change in that last episode. Yeah, there was. Boimler on the Titan, Rutherford, 
without an implant and loss of memory. Mariner and Freeman working together. I can't wait to see what happens in season two. Hashtag RIP Shacks. P.S. The headcanon canon is now canon. (laughs) There's definitely some questions I have a lot with Rutherford and his loss of memory. I'm really worried about that and what's (laughs) going to happen to him. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I know. I'm that's definitely a cliffhanger for me. So thank Oz Trekkie. Yeah, they and they did change a lot of things. So this became this episode made it a little bit less episodic because we changed a whole bunch of things, right? Mm -hmm. So this started kind of going into like what we know current Trek to be like now, which is things are changing all the time and it doesn't necessarily reset after each episode. Right. Yeah. We're getting these character arcs. Um, you know, as Oz Trekkie pointed out, Mariner and Freeman working together because the first episode that I enjoyed of Lower Decks was uh, episode four with the mother daughter when they had in the caves and climbing and the fighting uh. and stuff like that's when I was like, okay, I like Lower Decks. And so to have that continue we are seeing that character arcs going forward. So, yeah. You didn't like it right away? I had a rough time. I don't Did you? do cartoons well at all. At <laughs> okay. all. So. Well, I mean, it's not like, I, I, you know, it's an animated series. Like, it's not really a kid's cartoon type of thing. Yep. I, but it warmed up, but you warmed up to it. I did. Yes, definitely. Okay. Okay, we'll talk more about that as we go along. Because you and I actually have not talked about this series at all. No, we haven't. Yeah. yeah. Well, Patrick Carlin writes, Beta 3 and Landru, Packleds, Riker, Troy, and the Titan, all in caps. My mind is still blowing up. You know Riker. Yeah. Who do you think hooks me up with all the contraband? I can totally see Riker doing that. Yes, Patrick, that relationship that Riker has <laughs> with Mariner <laughs> is so wonderful. And you're right, it just in character to makes sense. what we know early Riker, I would yeah. say. And I will say that when Riker and Troy were talking, their dialogue fit in perfectly as they were. Like you they they would say those exact same things whether it was an animated show or whether it was the live action series. Exactly. You know, and the look on Troy's face. Just we'll talk about that later. Exactly, Troy. She was great. Oh, I was so happy to see her. Yeah, I love seeing Riker, but it does make me happier to see Troy personally. I know. Me too. Me too. Ian Davies on Twitter says, "I didn't think it was possible to top last week's episode, but they managed it. I loved Ransom's TOS comment. Oh yeah, that was great." The packlids and everything about the Titan was perfect. So good to finally see it on screen, and I can't believe Riker and Troy are in another series. I'm still smiling. So this is TNG, Enterprise, Picard, and Lower Decks now. For, Four series. For Riker? And Troy. Um. So, well, Troy was on Voyager. Oh, Riker yeah. was on Deep Space Nine as Oh, my Thomas. God. That's right. Oh, my yeah. God. They've been in every Star Trek series. Was Riker in Voyager? Uh, did he beam? Wait, did he beam in real quick and then disappear with with a Q type thing? This is where we need uh, Liam. Liam, yeah. I feel like he beamed in real quick and then like Q beamed him in and then he left. Oh, okay, it 
probably was with a Q. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. So, so we've seen them. On, yeah. Yeah. Because they were both in DS9 too. Yeah. Right. Great. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't right. even think about that. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah. And Ian, I am totally with you because I thought last week's episode with the whole movie theme was perfect. It was brilliant. And I was like, well, where can they go from here? And then they do this. So, yep, I am with you. They absolutely managed it perfect. Yeah, they did a great job. I mean, it was just a really good melding of... Like I said, the episodic type of thing, and then like Star Trek legacy writing, you know? Although we still don't know what the little light thing is that went into the captain at the beginning of season one. Yeah, that's true. I need that to know. light thing. I know. Well, I think it's little Ian, you know, Troy's yeah. kid from the You child, would. But <laughs> I would, yeah. Well, Paloma Bennett writes in, I love all the references to aliens and alien worlds from different Star Trek shows. Deanna Troy is my favorite Star Trek character. Yes, Paloma and I, we share a common bond there. (laughs) So I was thrilled to see her again. Plus, Riker being friends with Mariner makes perfect sense. The wait to see the USS Titan on screen was worth it. You know, Paloma, I was watching it and I almost felt a little disgruntled that we didn't know that Riker and Troy and the Titan were going to be on there because usually things leak out. Well, especially with Jonathan Frakes. He would be the first one to leak it. Yeah. NDA, what's that? Mirror universe, you know. Uh, So I was a little upset. I'm like, how could... They told us that Q was going to be on and they didn't tell us this. So... Right. But then I was with you. It was very worth it. I was glad to have that surprise. I really was. It's a hot ship. It it's is. so cool. Yes. Well, of course it's hot. It's Rikers. <laughs> <laughs> Noe Santo says, pouring one out for Shax tonight. Oh, wah, wah. I teared up so many times during this episode. Shax's sacrifice, the TNG theme, which was amazing, the full thing. Riker, Troy, Carol Beckett making up. This was one heck of a finale. Heck, I said. On a side note, hearing Kether Donahue voice Peanut Hamper was a gift. Yeah, that was really cool. Do you know who that is, Amy? No, I don't. Will you please tell me? <laughs> so Kether Donahue is in Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect 2. She's one of the acapella girls. And oh. she's she's done a lot of other films and TV stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. She's really cool. Yes. That's, yeah. I'm, it was a gift now that I know. <laughs> and Noe is one of our newer commenters. I think this is his third or fourth episode sharing his thoughts with us and so we're glad you're here it's not a first time commenter and we don't have one for this episode so you don't get to sing this time oh darn it I the know. one time was enough for me <laughs> <laughs> no i'm glad knowing that you talked about the tng theme because yep my heart swelled and there was almost tears coming out because it just sounded so beautiful and again i thought last week's that soundtrack from last week's was just top notch. I mean, the whole movie theme and how they integrated the different sounds and they did it again perfectly here. They yes. just went from lower decks theme and then all of a sudden you're hearing and loving the TNG theme. It it, it was seamless. Yeah, it really was. Well, we have Rhea Papa Giorgio. She's my co-host on Galaxy Class. Hi, you Rhea. You know her. 
Yeah. And she writes, shucks. And that's exactly what she did when I podcast with her this morning. (laughs) My Bajoran beef stew. I love him so much. So disappointed to lose him, but really hope we'll get to visit him in the land of the prophets along with a certain emissary. Hmm. I like your theory, Rhea. I didn't think about that, but that would be really freaking cool. Exactly. How cool would that be? And maybe if the prophets snatched him out before the ship blew up, he's just in the, uh, what's it called? Wormhole. The the temple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is the wormhole. could be there. Yeah. I like that, Rhea. I forgot you guys are doing that show together. Yeah. That's really cool. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but how are you liking it? It's a same old cup of tea. If yeah, you get your drift. <laughs> I do get your drift. That's cool. No, we've we've mixed things up a little bit, and we get to now talk about you know all of TNG. So we're really having a, a great time over there. I like that there are some new people who didn't do podcasts previously, and that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, Kevin and Rhea, we we brought them on. And so it's nice to have the four. So we we like having three hosts. Mm -hmm. And so when one of us, you know, is unavailable, then it's we don't have to find a replacement. We're just all there. Nice. It's, It's going really nice. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad. Suzanne Williamson, one of our other hosts, says, once again, Billups has the best facial expression in the episode. The way he looked at Spock's helmet cracked me up. I also loved the reappearance of Mariner's rusty batleth from the first episode. I still can't talk about Shax. I know he died the way he wanted, but I was not ready for him to go. My heart breaks for Ta'ana and the possibility of the relationship between them. So sad. to see, It was sad to see him go. Was there a possible relationship between them? Oh my I God. I didn't pick up on yes. that. They kissed in one episode, like they were celebrating on the bridge, and then Tano talked about it in this episode briefly. She's like, when she was talking to Mariner about when everyone knew that Mariner is the daughter of Freeman, she's like, hey, do you think Freeman would be cool with me and Shax doing something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That flew under my radar. Yeah, there's some interspecies love interest between the two of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thanks, Suzanne. Yeah, for I pointing I, that out. I, I I hope that the Shacks thing isn't permanent, but as I really wanted to know more about him, mm-hmm. I think it's I just love a Bajoran that's kind of Klingony. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a perfect <laughs> way to describe him. <laughs> Well, we have Nicholas Paul Collison who writes, I'm so upset right now. Okay, calming down. Okay, good job, Nick. Aside from losing our favorite Bajoran, this was a fantastic episode. I super love the overall theme of this episode that Starfleet has a problem with coming in and fixing something and expecting it to stay fixed. Good at observing, bad at maintaining. That's a really good commentary on all the past shows and also on colonism slash imperialism slash U.S. interventionism in the real world. This episode was so tense and we got so many cool and deep character moments. Too many to list, but it was awesome. And the Titan is canon. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, that's a great Um, comment. It is a mouthful. Thank you, Nick. (laughs) Nick Nick has been 
a little bit verbose for this series, but that's okay. I, I like everything he has to say. Dr. Nick. Dr. Nick. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I like the idea that, that Starfleet that has a problem with fix, trying to fix everything and then kind of running away and leaving leaving them th- to their devices. We saw that with Beta 3 and the Paclids. Right. They both kind of they both kind of just, you know, lost lost it. <laughs> they did. And yeah, that is a really good point because we just saw it on TNG and made first contact first contact. And then flew on out and went on to its next adventure. So I think Lower Decks is the perfect medium to talk about that. Yeah, just sticking their nose in everybody's business, trying to fix everything. All those isms that Nick talked about. <laughs> yes. Karen Chupla says, talk about a slow burn. Wow. They played us just right as far as I'm concerned. The payoff was incredible. This was, in my opinion, an Emmy episode. Ooh, Ooh, I could see that. I could see that. I cannot wait for season two. Thank God for Star Trek to give us shiny spots in a crappy day. Karen, I'm sorry if you had a crappy day. Anyone get the feeling they were sending a message that you have to keep working on a civilization and not just expect it to go on correctly without the work? Yeah, Karen. Yep. Nick was thinking it too. Mm-hmm. And you remember Karen. You remember all, all these yes. names, right? A lot oh, of these. Oh, yes, I know. Hi, Karen. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, an Emmy episode. Interesting. I Do they give Emmys to animation? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, Family Guy <laughs> has won. Simpsons has won. Yeah, I haven't seen one episode of either of those. Like I said, wow. I don't do. <laughs> Animated series. Well, now you do. Now I do. Trek now has, I do. Trek has... <laughs> broken your seal on that yes (laughs) Stuart McKillwain says I remember hearing the Titan mentioned in passing and thinking oh that was a nice wee nod there what a good easter egg that was I never expected to see her swooping in to save the day but I'm glad that she did Jonathan Frakes should just give up whatever else he has on workwise and do trek full-time can't believe Boimler broke up the crew Tendi remains my favorite I thought things were going to take a different turn when Rutherford lost his memory, but I love her attitude and the fact that they get to become besties all over again. I think there is a lesson in that for all of us. And Rutherford, what an absolute hero he was. A largely unsung and overlooked hero. Nice, Stuart. Yes. Tendi is, yes, an awesome character. She, I don't know if she's my favorite because they're just sort of all right there. But she definitely stands out. I do. You don't have a favorite or you can't pick one yet. I can't pick one yet. Okay. All right. Um, I think that basically Jonathan Frakes is doing Trek full time. I think this is kind of his gig now. But as you were reading Stuart's comment, I was thinking, you know, he is becoming increasingly involved in all of the series. So... I wonder if he's going to be an executive producer on one of the new series. You know? Yep. I can see that. I mean, he gets Trek, like, he gets Trek from behind the camera and in front of the camera like no other current Trek actor, I think. And so he could totally, he could totally do some executive producing for an entire series. Like, if they ever made the Worf series happen, I would see him behind the wheel of that one. Oh, yeah. 
you know? Oh yeah. You're right. Because he's, I mean, he has had a relationship with Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. So he has that background. He's yeah. As we said, been in everything since TNG, uh, again, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, he's got the vision that I think would do well. I mean, I have enjoyed what Alex Kurtzman has done. So oh, yeah. I'm fine with Alex Kurtzman, absolutely. But yeah, I could see Jonathan Frakes being an executive producer for sure. Yeah, and we're going to get to see more episodes directed by him in Discovery Season 3, which premieres this week. Holy yes, crap. Yes, it does. Holy crap, holy crap. Uh, I Stuart, I was thinking about your comment that I love her attitude, Tenny's attitude at the fact that they be get to that they get to become besties all over again. I think there is a lesson in that for all of us. I'm thinking on that a little bit about like when things change for somebody and you get to like learn how to become friends with them in a different way, like a different version of them or something like that. I find that very deep. It is, and I really appreciate her attitude of not going down the negative hole of, oh, this sucks, and he doesn't remember me, and, you know, sort of playing the victim. Wow, right. we were such good friends, and now da-da-da. And she's like, now we get to learn about each other all over again, and just taking that positive spin and the choice that she makes right there. Because you, you saw that she teetered. It was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And she chooses the positive. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a friend that had a brain operation many, many, many years ago, and we were very close. And then after the brain operation, it she didn't quite remember everything the way that it was before. So it did permanently change her memory and her she she mem- she remembered me, but a lot of the memories were gone or they were changed or things were different. And she had, she she had to learn how to read again and oh, wow. had to get, you know, her friends had to get to know her again and her family and all of that. It was really interesting. And it didn't feel like a negative thing. It just felt like someone you care about went through something that was life-changing and then you adapt and you figure out how to move on together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for that, Stuart. Yeah. Getting deep. And please do correct me if we're saying your name wrong. <laughs> and we do have a little question slash concern so uh, go for that, Amy. You know this person, too. All right. Our good friend, Rebecca Skipper. Hello, Rebecca. It's been a while. Uh, on Twitter, writes, Loved the season one finale, but wonder why Riker would trust Ransom after the last Ensign was promoted to the Titan. Nearly cried over the loss of Shax, got mad at the robot, and hated to see Rutherford lose his memories and the impact on Tendi. Yeah. Um, okay. So refresh my memory. Why would Riker? I don't know that part. Trust okay. Ransom after the last incident was promoted to the. I don't know. I'm not sure about that comment. Okay. All right. I don't know. Rebecca, clarify that for us. Yes. And I was mad at Peanut Hamper too. I was like, you little shit. Oh, me too. <laughs> and then I. But what was so shocking and surprising, just almost a little twisted, it's like this exocomp 
had its own personality. I know. I'm here just because my family and da da da, da you know, it was it's my so expectation weird. and I'm not going to do my best. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening here? <laughs> well, I had a little bit of a suspicion that she might be a little bit off when she was talking, when she was first examining the dilithium crystals or something like it was just weird. And I just had this little blip like, hmm, this might be an odd character. Mm-hmm. So when she kind of betrayed them, it didn't, it wasn't all that surprising to me, but I loved how her uniform was painted on. I know that was just, <laughs> it was just weird. It was so cute. It's so funny too. Like why does the exocomp need a uniform? I know. And a combat <laughs> part where he was trying to put the, <laughs> the glass flasks on. <laughs> doesn't have any art yeah it's weird i want to know which episode has the most trek references outside out of all of them like i feel like this one might be up there i don't know i don't know i don't know because last week man, last week's was a lot they were hitting kelvin tos tng and voyager and that's true it's just everything yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah All right, and let's go ahead and move on to your final thoughts. I'm going to go back to Nicholas Paul Collinson because he said something that I really liked. One thing I've been really wanting to mention that doesn't relate specifically to this episode, but more to Mariner's character in general, is how much I relate to her desire not to be promoted. I've just finished my PhD, which is a huge deal and was a lot of work. It is a huge deal, Nicholas. Congratulations. Again, but one big thing that I learned while doing that is that I don't need to become some cutting-edge famous researcher someday, which is what I used to want. Now I know that I'm perfectly happy just doing a job that I mostly enjoy that pays well. It's more than a lot of people get, and active career advancement honestly just sounds like a lot of stress and more work. You don't need grand dreams to have fulfillment in work. I'm so glad that they showed Mariner having this attitude too, because it really helped me come to terms with my own feelings on the matter. I loved this series so much, and I'm so excited for next season. Well, Nick, that's a very self-aware statement that you're making there, and I really, really like that. Absolutely. And I, too, agree with you because, I mean, I have been a teacher for 20 years. And throughout the many years, you know, family, especially family, are you going to go into administration? Are you going to become a principal? Are you going to you know, move up the ladder. And I'm like, no, I love being a teacher. I wish that it paid more. Yeah, it should. But I'm, yeah, I don't want to move up. I started moving up and the district started paying attention to me when I first became a teacher. And then I had to like get substitutes because I had to go to district meetings. And I'm like, you're taking me out of the classroom. I don't want that. So I started cutting back. I'm like, no, I'm not going to help the district with their math things or whatever. And I really had to protect my teacher time. Hmm. And I'm glad that I have because I love being a teacher. That's really awesome. I think a lot about these kind of things, too, especially now that, you know, with my industry being, I would say, probably 98% shut down for the foreseeable future in musical theater and entertainment and such, unless there are situations that can be done without putting people at risk constantly. Of course, live theater is not really one of those entirely right now. And I think about how 
you know, that ladder that we think about climbing up that you're referencing, it's like right now it kind of doesn't exist. So this has been a really good time to think about what really personally fulfills me. And yes, I've always wanted to do big things and big shows, and I've been really, really fortunate to do a lot of really awesome things. And, uh, you know, I, I hope and want for more of those things to keep coming. But I also like that, as Nick says, that there's this external pressure that maybe do- isn't as real as we think it is, you know? Mm-hmm. It feels more of a facade to me now in this great pause that we're in. Yes, I I agree. And I think people are happiest when they're doing what they love. And Absolutely. this pressure, like you said, this external pressure of climbing the ladder might not be what's best for you mentally and personally. Right. Yeah. And again, and I talk about a lot about this with some of my guests on my other show. There are four questions, but like your being your true authentic self is what really I think brings people the most success. And I think having an opportunity to figure out what the heck that is, who your authentic self is, is is just so important. And when we're so concerned about the ladder and climbing up and what's more, more, more and what's next. I think it's easy to lose that sense of self. Yeah. I think when you do something you love and do happen to get paid for it, but you are, in my opinion, reaching that TNG utopia, Hmm. that philosophy of, you know, we're doing stuff to better ourselves because we want to, not because of external forces. Nice. So. Oh, Oh, I like that. (laughs) We have Joshua DeVries writes, that was absolutely outstanding. The callbacks were perfect and the Titan cameo made me shriek with giddy joy. Rutherford has edged past Boimler to be my favorite character. Mm. He's so wholesome and his friendship with Tendi is so sunny and pure. I'm devastated we lost Shax though. I wonder if they intend to bring on a legacy character from a previous series to replace him. I cannot wait for season two. That's an interesting idea. Yes, it is. Huh. Who do you think would be a good replacement, a legacy character, Chris? Well, we need, it's it's security, right? Yep. So I don't know. You look like you have an idea. Well, I was thinking Worf, but he's too busy with the Klingon high council by now. I don't think he'd come back down. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I I mean, like, I want to go to, like, Row, but Ensign Row. Could we get Tuvok? It could be Tuvok. I don't know. Would he go on the Cerritos? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It'd be interesting. Yeah, Josh, you'll have to let us know who you are thinking. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you might have an idea. Yeah. I love how you described Tendi and Rutherford's relationship as sunny and pure. Like, those are the two most perfect words to describe their friendship. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, Tendi's sunny and Rutherford is pure. Yeah. Right? It's great. I love that. I have a little crush on Rutherford. Oh, yeah, he's a cutie. He's a cutie, and he's he sensitive. Yes. But I don't think he's 
emotionally available. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's very uh, focused on engineering. <laughs> yeah, which I engineering respect. Engineering does it for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Amy, that's the end of our comments for this week. What would you think of everybody's thoughts? I was really surprised there wasn't really any negatives. That's pretty impressive. There hasn't been much for this series. Really? No, I... not. Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca has concerns because yeah. because it's such a different format and we get a much different side of Starfleet etiquette and protocol with mm-hmm. this one, you know, which I get. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think this series, as I said, it took me a little bit to warm up, um, but it sounds like from all the comments, like they're making, everyone's making truck connections and they're appreciating the fan service and the Easter eggs. And I really believe, I haven't heard a negative comment out on social media that, oh, it's too much and they're, they're not doing it right. Like everything that they bring in has just fit perfectly. Um, so I think overall, Lower Decks is a huge success. Yeah, I think they knocked this out of the park. Yeah. And that's hard to do with Star Trek fans. Um, yeah, just look at the comments from Discovery. <laughs> oh, my God. Season three, it's, it's like I said it in the last episode, season three, it's going to be on again. People are going to come out of the woodwork. They are. They're going to crawl out from under the rocks. Some people they already have. Just don't like it. Oh yeah. dear. You know, I'm really close. I also started co-hosting What the Future Holds, which is our Discovery show, um, and I co-host it with Brandy Jacola and her husband Dave. Oh, nice. And I'm. It's so much fun. And we're so we're gonna do our first episode. We've been doing recap episodes, and mm-hmm. so we're gonna do our first episode on brand new Discovery coming up next week or this week now, and. I it's so much fun and I forgot what I was going to say well while you're thinking of that Brandy and Dave are gold I mean they're yeah. good good people I love them they Hi, are Brandy <laughs> they're great I'm so close Amy to saying that Discovery is my favorite Trek series whoa I know and that's very hard for me to admit but the uh the rewatch that we've been doing for the recap episodes, I've been so moved by the stories and the themes and the philosophies that are woven throughout seasons one and two that I'm just like, this is deep shit. Like this is a very emotionally intelligent series. I think with discovery, the going back and watching makes it stronger. Totally. Because, you know, after, doing so many podcasts of discovery of season one and then season two and just like so much because you have to cram it in because of the quick turnaround right you Mm -hmm. know this especially and so i didn't have time to really enjoy it's like okay watch this three times and talk about it and get everything ready and then you're on to the next one the next week and so I wasn't aware of really how much I loved season one of Discovery. I and know, so but I was aware. Going but, through, yeah. and I'm like, man, this is so good. I I love the mirror universe and just yeah. everything about it. And like you're saying, just sort of the philosophy and what they're trying to get at. And it, it was really, really good. So I'm 
this close to saying I enjoyed season one better than season two, which I feel even is with terrible. Pike? I know because I love Pike. So I know that's much, your man. But yeah. But season one is just, it really, it blew me away on my rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I'm freaking out that we're going to get new discovery. Yes. And you know what else is hard is when you're doing a show like this, which is everybody's opinions and comments and everything, which is really great. And I love it. Like, I love having this conversation with everybody. You're, you're, you're still listening to everybody else's opinions. So it's not just your own thoughts by yourself. Yep. You know, and then they taint your opinions. I mean, taint (laughs) is not the right word, but they color your opinions. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay because I love talking about New Trek with other fans. Mm-hmm. But there's also something to be said about going back and watching it by yourself. And getting your own. Yeah. Yeah. Totally untouched, you know. See, you and I, we have this common bond <laughs> because we <laughs> understand postcards and open channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Amy, I'm just so pleased that and happy that you were able to come on this week. Thank you so much for the invite. Like, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you so much. I mean, you're the one that helped me get started on on, ep- on shows like this with listeners' comments and all that kind of stuff. This was this was the kind of thing that you did when we met. Yep. So all thanks and praise, just keep on coming them to me. Because <laughs> I'm the one. No, I'm just <laughs> You've you've done so good, and I love that you still love podcasting and talking about Trek and that it's opened up, I mean, so many different types of relationships worldwide and friendships and the community and yeah. that you embrace it, and oh, that's what I love about podcasting as well. Yeah, and I like that you can, you know, there's there's a way in which you can make a difference by doing this. I mean, you're 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 creating healthy conversations with other fans and like you're talking positive things and you know, it helps people. It helps me, you know, too. Yeah. It's it's yeah. nice. It's a good thing. It's a good it thing. It is. Well, tell all of our listeners about all the shows you do and where they can find you. Okay. Well, I'm on United Federation Podcast Network, UFP Earth. And I do two shows there, All Good Things, which is about all of Star Trek, mostly on the old stuff because I was always doing Next Generation. And so I wanted to branch out. So I do All Good Things. And then, of course, I do Galaxy Class, which is specifically Next Generation because that is my favorite. And then I'm starting back up with Union Federation podcast on the Fandom Podcast Network with a good friend, Haley Stoddard. Um, and that we will be going over Discovery. And then when Orville comes out, we will be covering that as well. Awesome. Oh, you can find me oh. on Twitter. <laughs> yes, sorry. Uh, at Miss Amy Nelson. And I'm there in the Nexus too. So Yes, you are. Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much. Come back for Discovery Season 3. Okay, I will. Yeah. You can join the Open Channel conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Open Channel Trek and by joining our listeners group on Facebook by typing The Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. Keep an eye out for my Open Channel conversation threads on Facebook and Twitter, which I will post every Thursday right before each new Star Trek episode drops. Thanks for listening to Open Channel. Channel Open, standing by.
Mabajoran Beef Stew. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. When you look at it now, you're like, oh, there is some stuff in there that it's not been handled delicately, right. I think. But I, I think at the time, they, they handled it yeah. as delicately as they knew how to. Exactly. You are spot on with that. It's not, it's not that, you know, throughout, through all time, it was not delicately handled. It's just at that time, with their understanding, they did the best they could. They had the best intentions with it. Kind of like Trip. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't <laughs> and I don't even think, if anyone watched it now and got offended by it, I don't think ever the intention was for that. I'd like to think anyone could look at it right. and think, well, actually, let's applaud the show for doing this story when they were, when no one else was doing these yeah. kind of stories. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for... There are four questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. That felt pretty cool. And that's when I, I really, really started connecting with Star Trek when I was actually here and on, on the level of creator as opposed to fan. So that was where I started getting it. It's like, hey, I could do this. I remember writing, <laughs> I sent this letter to him. I wrote to um, Eric Stilwell before I moved to, to Los Angeles and asked about the the rules for submitting a script and all that stuff and then i had this idea never heard back from him loading hollow sweet preview program for ladies trek library women with a passion for star trek books one of the reasons i was excited to read this book was because it's called uhura's song and we don't get a lot of books where uhura is a main character um, and she was my favorite character from the original series so i was excited to see a book about her and I and I like how and I was thinking about the uh, the Broadway play Cats because they kind of used cat names that that reminded me of the names in this book. So and and this book was written in '85, so it could have been inspired by Cats in that way. Computer deactivate Hollow Suite.